Hello and welcome once again to Discussing Documentaries with myself, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. Say hello, Rick. Hey, guys. So today's documentary that we're discussing is Kate Nash, Underestimate the Girl. Uh, A brief synopsis of that, it was on BBC Freeze on the iPlayer, and it is an intimate portrait of British singer-songwriter Kate Marie Nash, and it follows her journey over several years in her pursuit to remain a creatively and financially independent artist. Now, Kate Nash, just so if you're not aware of her, she's a musician and she's a multi-award winning platinum selling artist. I don't know how many records you've got to sell as a platinum selling artist. I think it's a lot. I so think it's a million. Is it a million? Wow. Okay. So just when she when she hit the scene, she hit the scene hard and big. So um Rick, why don't as always, why don't you kick us off? Because this is very much <laughs> A neither me nor you documentary. Yes, yeah, this is this is not uh, the type of documentary. I am always a fan of biographical. I, I like to see like the start of someone's career, but this was very much, and the more we do these, a BBC documentary. Very now, much a BBC documentary. Yeah, very well said. It's got a certain style about it. Yes, and it, it never looks great. Like I said, for a BBC documentary to be good, it needs Louis Theroux. <laughs> okay because every single one even the opening scene like brilliant as an aesthetic how rubbish do british houses look on camera yeah they look terrible like they that you see a house and it's nice house good flat good flat in london but it just doesn't it's not got that two and a half men vibe yes beautiful yeah, yeah. open plan it's aesthetically awful and it always makes me think back to um i know you're not big into your horror movies but you can't do horror movies in Britain because we don't have big enough houses that would be a surprise that there's a ghost there. Yes. Because yeah. you know, <laughs> you'd literally go in and like there's three beds, two box rooms and like, well, there's the ghost right there. Where's it hiding for three months as it slowly tortures us? But you tell an American what a box room is and they're like, what? I, I don't know what you mean. And if you get an American stay at your house, they're like, oh, because you can't fit a box in it. Is that why it's called a box room? Oh, we went out when we went to Philadelphia for our lasses' work. Um, we met work colleagues that she's known from working with them over there. Went to their house and they were taking us to a basketball game. And their house was a detached palace. And they took us down. I think they're like made out of wood is the is the drawback. So if there's a, a storm, could blow it over. But when you go downstairs into the basement. The basement was the size of three British houses, and yeah. the guy is like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. I might put like a pool table down here or something." It's like you could have like nine families <laughs> subletting in London. You could have a pool hall down there. That's the size of their. Uh, that's the size of their thing. So Kate Nash underestimate the girl. It's a documentary about Kate Nash, the British singer songwriter who basically she gets dropped by her record label. I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit. And it's how she survives as an artist. Uh, It's about 80 minutes long. And I was in and then I was out. I was like, oh, I love this. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I like this. No, I don't like this. It was the emotions I went through watching this. um, It was very up and down, very, very up and down. Because she kept, well, she kept annoying me. And it wasn't her fault, right? 
and then then I was like, oh, I love her, I love her. Oh, I don't like her so much now. Oh, I love her, I love her, I love her. Oh, not so much. See, now. the reason why I'm going to choose my words carefully during this is because of all the documentaries we've done, there's actually a chance Kate Nash is going to listen to this without things are going. <laughs> well, Miss Nash, if you're listening, I'll just finish with, uh, yeah. I, I, when I was the up and down bit, I finished on and up. So that was good. Because when you when you close the film, which we will get to, uh, yeah, it was very good. Because it finishes on a dog. So how, it starts off in, <laughs> and she, start, she starts... Um, so it's about her, and um, I think she was currently she was starting a tour at the very beginning of yeah, it. Yeah, so it was about it starts around two thousand and nine, doesn't it? Two thousand and eight, because she's touring. Yeah, you meet her music manager when she's steaming her throat. Now, the only time I've ever seen footage of someone doing that was a documentary on Roy Chubby Brown because he had had throat cancer and he's steaming his throat before a gig. So it's it's the, the difference in class. From like a world class singer steaming their throat to go out and then hit the high notes in their songs to seeing Roy Chubby Brown. <laughs> well, the thing is, her tour manager is a guy called Brett Lomas, right? And he said touring is really tough. And he goes, because people get sick. So she's got to look after herself. Now, I've done uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival a couple of times. Um, so I do 26 days of about three to five shows a day. Um, there's not been a single time I've done that Fringe Festival where I've not got sick. So and you can't afford to be sick when you're doing that, can you? So um, yeah, I, I, basically what I'm saying is I'm going to be buying me a throat steamer. <laughs> Are you, is that is that the takeaway? I'm buying a throat. I'm steamer. buying myself a throat steamer because my throat always goes. Um, just yeah. get like one. It'll be cheaper to get one of those vegetable steamers. Just stick your head in it. Well, yeah, the that's top it. Lid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, now that is a much better idea. That, that's spoken by a guy like me who's got no money. That's a much better idea. Well, that, that is the theme of the documentary. See, the problem with the documentary, it, I didn't like how it was shot. Because it was shot As, by her, right? It was all her own personal footage. Right, right. Because that, that, that shows because there's no... on When you watch the documentaries that we do that have high marks on Rotten Tomatoes and the, the grand stories that go through stuff... They have beautiful scenery transitioning shots, letting yeah. you know where they are. I didn't know if she was in America or if she was in England at different points. And, or what the year was. I thought the timeline following was tough. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, but it so did show if, it. I mean, it, kept, it did jump back a bit. But yeah, I, I, I struggled with it a little like, bit. Like the house style of the documentary was not on par with what we've kind of seen so far. But like, so it starts off with her, she's, she's doing gigs and then it goes back to her origin story yes. where she was kind of one of the first uh, MySpace experts. She was like uh, the equivalent, the comedy equivalent of Dane Cook on MySpace. She got all of these songs out and uh, what a beautiful voice. Uh, Stunning voice. Kate, Kate Nash has. And then, see, this the problem, this is the crux of... Uh, why I didn't think it was a great time. When when it says her problems, was, at some point she's flipped out and now it's all uh, the in-your-face, punk rock, I want an all-girl band, this and that. I'm all fine with that. It's just what happened. That would help me understand what happened. If you're a platinum-selling artist that's doing these tours, how did it get to the point where you have... Nothing because the record label, because surely that generates. I'd love to say they, at no point did they mention figures, finances. No, other figures than are never she's discussed. now struggling. In, in fact, if anything, her, at the end of the documentary, her mum says, uh, which I think is quite a good point to put in. 
she's never liked talking about money because to her heart she is she is a proper artist isn't she she's very arty and you know it's not for her it's not about the money yet throughout the documentary she's like ah shit i need money and you can feel her pain the pain she goes through I think it's a story of too much too soon, which is a which is an idea they do yeah. go into because she's flung into like superstardom, and yeah. you see the size of the gigs she's playing, the albums, the people absolutely love it. They they keep showing footage, and the gigs look so much fun. But there was one gig where she comes out and she's in like this daft costume, like looks like it's like a rain mac with a smiley face drawn on. And there's this giant guy in the front row who's acting out her song lyrics. That I'm like, I want to see a documentary about him. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> Let's track him down because his name's Keith, right? Clearly, <laughs> uh, but she she says there's some great quotes that that she does. Uh, she says in it. So she's at the very beginning. She says, "I love playing live, but sometimes I don't want to do music anymore. It's just too hard battling all these wankers all the time." And I love the way she swears throughout. And there's not a swear word she doesn't cover either. You're from the north of England and I'm clearly from the south of England. Um, she is a proper London sounding person. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. When she says wanker, she says it properly. Wanker. Right? <laughs> she's a, when she swears, it just, for me, I'm like, oh yeah, all right. It just... She's authentic to me. She she sounds like some people I grew up with. At that point, I love her. And then she, when she starts getting all arty, basically she says she wanted to be an actress. And because I wanted to be an actor, and I'm and I'm no bloody good at it, that just hurts me a little bit. So I'm like, well, I'm fair. <laughs> well, so it goes. It seems like my, my notice is she seems angry, and that is that is a, a phrase that I write down a lot. She seems very. And I would just love to know, I mean, given the stuff that's came out about the entertainment industry and what it's like to be female within it, I can I can guess, but I think it would be a better documentary if they said what it was that was kind of, uh, she's so riled up against after this initial, like, absolute boom. And it, is it, and it was a boom, wasn't it? She was signed because she had more MySpace followers than anybody else. I mean, yep. and that was, I mean, that huge was in 2007. In she was huge, right? Um, yeah. And j- just so you know, the reason I picked this documentary, um, I spend a lot of time looking for what to watch next, especially in the documentary space. Um, and I saw this one, so I watched the trailer. And in 2007, when she when she broke out, that was the year my life went down the toilet. <laughs> and I had her album, and her album is all about basically her getting treated like crap. And that's... I was in that pity space at the time. So her her sound her album was like the soundtrack to my destruction, which <laughs> looking back, I bought all on myself. It was all my fault. I was a bloody idiot. Um, but then look, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here today. So, uh, you know. It's funny. That should really be the theme of the documentary. But uh, self-awareness, you can't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she so, says music is a matter of life and death to her because mu- making music keeps her alive. Yet being in the music industry has almost killed her a bunch of times. That's pretty there is sad, a, right? Uh, there is a way attractive people can talk and people listen without going, "What the fuck did you?" Because <laughs> that's the bit because she gets all art. When that's when I say she gets all arty. Yeah, it's like music's life or death to me. But sometimes I don't want to do it, and other times I kind of do. And you're like, "Oh, Jesus, kid, come on, <laughs> make your fucking mind up!" Like, but I she's an be on artist. Your side. And, this uh, is what so artists the, are like. 
So the documentary, it's, it, the, only there's very little stock footage from the past. Again, it's all filmed by her, but they do show footage of her singing like Christmas carols as a child, dressed as a shepherd. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell she loves the camera, right? And uh, that just reminded me because uh, did you have like nativity plays and stuff like that as a kid? I was the lead in all our plays at school, Rick. Yeah, I wanted to be an actor. Yeah, I was God very good. Bless you. And I was very, very funny. I also wrote, created and directed a play which won the talent competition at school that still talked about occasionally today. I just you know. Still talked about what? <laughs> like your Scorsese around the yeah. halls. I, I say it's still I say it's still talked about by me to you right now. <laughs> yeah, it was his apocalypse now in year six. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Me, and I really related to Kate Nash. I, I fell in love with her a little bit. I'm not going to lie. This is this is where me, me and you differ. So I was a shepherd for two years because there wasn't much to do. And I was always desperate. I wanted to be the guy who just did the fucking coconuts for the donkey. <laughs> and then finally, after arguing or asking two years in the third year, I got that job. And I remember being sat there. You're wearing some daft bib with an ampera sound on it. Do you know the musical? Yeah. Symbol, I think it's an ampera sound. Is it a treble? No, it's a treble clef. Probably a treble clef. Yeah, yeah the ampera be... is the and sound, isn't it? The ampera sound. Is that right? I, I could right, be wrong. I'd left school at fourteen. I'm sure. I think mm. it's a treble clef. So I'm sat there. All the parents are in, and then you just there's one moment. It's the song "Little Donkey" is the only time you ever <laughs> use these donkey, friggin' little That's the one. donkey. And I I look down. <laughs> And I only have one half of a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, there is somewhere there will be footage of me just <laughs> just donching <laughs> one coconut into the floor. As people are just <laughs> looking. <laughs> Rick, where, where was the other half of the coconut? I have no idea. I just <laughs> to this day, you still don't know. I was just like, well, you know, I've only got 30 seconds. And, uh, yeah, I just remember that that noise did not sound like the clip-clock of a donkey. And uh, oh, Brilliant. I was reinstated as Shepherd forthwith. So, yeah, 2007. <laughs> so Send him back to being a Shepherd. Uh, so, so I like the backstory. She's working in Nando's. Yeah. You respect she's, she's going all out. She's independent. She's yeah. getting the stuff done. And then she, she broke breaks her foot. foot. And that's yep. what that basically is what made her become a singer songwriter, right? Because she's got mm. six weeks at home. Um and, and then you must have um you must have felt an affinity with her because she said, Look, I broke my foot. Um she spent six weeks at home and she learned how to make and produce music. Now that's not dissimilar to this podcast, except we we currently have less broken bones. Um but this is what we're doing, right? We're we're stuck at home. We're making a podcast. It's something we've been talking about for years, but now we've finally got time to do it. Yeah, so we could be the Kate Nash of podcasts. That's what I'm saying. Well, the next thing we're going to talk about is because this is coming closer to what might have been part of the triggering or the problem of why she's so anti-establishment with the music industry is the online abuse. Absolutely, that was terrible, wasn't it? So she, she was signed. Basically, she wrote she wrote to a DJ, and he was on XFM or Capital Radio, and he he basically she wrote to him, sent him a CD, and said, "Will you play my music, please?" And he went, "Yeah, all right." He did, and she started gathering even more fans than she already had. She gets signed by a record label. Now, 
there's a great there's a great thing he said here, right? So his name was Kennedy, uh, John Kennedy, and he said in the UK we have a real thirst and hunger for the new sensation. So, Mr. Kennedy, if you're listening, this podcast it's one out of two only. Uh, podcasts that talk about documentaries. That's out of 750,000 podcasts in existence. So um, discussing documentaries, and it's the only English one, right? So we are new. We are the new sensation. So yeah, yeah. let's get on board, everyone. Spread, shout, spread shout, the word. Out to our, shout out to our analytics department there. The numbers are very positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's unique, isn't it? But then he says, uh, one day you're the hottest thing. And then you could be discarded by the next morning. Which, which was typical of it. Because I tell you, the songs were, like, again, so perfect for her voice. And I've yeah. got no problem with an artist wanting to go in different directions. But you can see why those ones hit. And it was very, I don't know, I, I, I'm i not a big music guy. But it sounded similar to, like, a Lily Allen, um, who's the one who yeah, yeah. died. Um, Amy Winehouse. Got, yeah. Amy Winehouse-y start style, Yeah. Well, what I like about her is I'm I'm lyrically di- dyslexic, so I can't hear what they're singing about, right? So I don't get lyrics, but I get what because she she sings slow, and it's very clear. So for instance, I'm a massive Wham fan, right? George Michael, hello, be their name. Um, I have no idea what they're saying, not got a clue. <laughs> but for her, I got it, and because she was talking about pain and misery, at the time I was in pain and misery. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, I was a big fan. That, that's so funny because um, one of the first times we hung out, Matt very kindly took me to see uh, West Ham Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> I was, and I was in the enemy territory at the Olympic Stadium, and I turned around and I says, "Listen, those two centre backs are doing a great job." He says, "I can never understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blur to me. I can't tell you who's playing well." <laughs> I don't understand football. <laughs> Lyrically dyslexic. I'm not really sure how I, I did, did so well working in an office, to be I honest with you. really like the colours claret and blue. <laughs> Other than that, I don't really know what's going on. So um, Yeah, but yeah. So you talked about the negative side, right? So the media's negative side and then the vileness of some people on the internet. And again, a good doc... Oh, she, she listed off some of them, which was... Brutal. It was horrific. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah. But again, I I think it's because this is you know what you're she's dealing with that at an earlier age. I don't. I mean, this would be the first thing I've put out since a, a gong show in two thousand and nine. Because I don't see the point in putting it out with I, anyone who reads the comment section on a video deserves everything they get. I okay. Can I confess then? Okay. I, okay. So I um I put one of my comedy videos uh, up on the YouTube and. <laughs> I only had. Oh, by one the way, comment. we haven't actually mentioned in six episodes of how many they're doing. We're both stand-up comedians. You should check out our stuff. But yeah, continue there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the analytics or department not. brought that up to me yeah. as a memo. I don't know. It's fine. But yeah, I put a video up on uh, YouTube not, not so long ago, and it, it's only had one comment, and it hurt. So I don't know how Kate Nash coped with it, because I didn't cope with it very well. This the, is how... Well, the comment was woeful. That was it. One word. They nailed it, to be fair. Uh, and it destroyed me for a few weeks, at least. This is how petty I was as a 19-year-old comedian. I just went to uni. The chortle clips used to get from the student competition. Yes. yeah, yeah. And someone, I won't say the name, um, posted, uh, you need to look up more, mate. 
which was true. I do look at my feet a lot. Um, I'm very ADHD in terms of like what I'm staring at now. And it's, and uh, yeah, it, it was like ten years ago. But I was on stage, and I'd figured out that this person had actually joined the course I was on in university. And when I was doing well, she said something, and I brought up her YouTube comments. Oh, <laughs> to her beautiful! But no one knew what the fuck I was talking about. I just looked like a spiteful dick. That's <laughs> like, you think it sounds clever? You go, oh, I'm not looking up enough for you now. <laughs> just what? No one knew the pain that she caused you. Hmm. Did she perchance also post up the word woeful that that upset me for so long? <laughs> that was me just triggering you into my world, there, Matt. <laughs> you need someone to work with. So, yeah, fair play, right? So she took all of the internet abuse and, and she reads out some of the internet abuse. And um, I know exactly which one you're going to read out. Yeah, and I'll, I'm not going to read it out, actually. It was, it was, I was genuinely shocked by it. And, and just, when, I think Londoners can swear in a certain way that it sounds, I don't know, it just sounds like normal talk, I guess, because that's what I grew up around. So, um, yeah, but even that, when when she when she says, you know, what they threatened to do with her, and because of the death threats and the rape threats and stuff, yeah, it was like, oh, that that one's a bit harsh, isn't it? Gosh. Um, and then she said, these old blokes she worked for in the music music industry, she made money for them, and they didn't care about her. That that's not just the music industry, though, is it? That's every industry. I've I've worked in about four different industries. Yeah, that's every industry. Unfortunately, yeah. Business, but again, when, businessmen when you're are the not sh- there to care for you. Although to be fair, I've I've worked. My last few businessmen I've worked for have been absolutely golden. <laughs> They've looked after me like you wouldn't believe. So uh, I, I guess I got lucky in the end. Yeah, well, it's kind of because it's the difference, and this this does spike up a lot. It's it's how much success so quickly, and then the minute that's turned off, it hurts every little bit more. When you're the shiny yeah. toy yeah. to be in this, because then she then changes her style of yes. music. She goes yeah, a lot yeah. more punk rock. And then the first song doesn't do well, and the record label drops her. Well, they didn't just drop her. They, they uh, she said it was the craziest text she's ever received to let her know that she's been dropped from her record label. Yeah, I guess that's a uh, that's a that's a little bit brutal. Craziest text I ever got was letting me know my mum was dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, what, that was a, what, emo- what emoji was on the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the dead mum emoji. It's got they've removed it now, but back in the day, very popular. <laughs> oh, it was brutal, man! Absolutely brutal. My sister found out via email. It was a, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was when the internet just started booming, and it was like, oh, let's let's let people know this I'll tell way. You what. I would love to be famous enough that you find out the death of a parent via clickbait. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it. But uh, she even says that she wanted to to piss people off with the music. And this is, you're going into a level where, again, where adults who haven't had that meteoric rise within mm. a creative industry, so you kind of learn about, you know, where corporate interests meet artistic yeah. integrity. And... Um, so the idea, if you want to piss people off and get in their faces, it's like maybe lyrically, but when you're in the office in the boardroom, you say, yes, I'll do what you want. Yeah, yeah. you got to play the game. Go on. Well, she put that song online, didn't she? Um, and people said, you know, they thought she was on drugs because it was so different to what she'd put out previously. 
Now, I don't know about you. I've, I've done a lot of drugs. I couldn't have produced the song on, on the drugs I done. So, so if she did do some reasonably good creative music while on drugs, fair play to her. And but she clearly isn't right. There's not. Well, you don't even I, see her drink booze, do you? Throughout the whole thing, you don't see her smoke. No, it's almost like she's got no vices. It's almost music is her vice. It's almost as if she had creative control over the documentary. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that time she shat in a bin in Camden didn't make the cut, did it? No. Like, well, there was a great but, quote in NME magazine about um, Kate Nash has committed career suicide, and it sounds amazing. That's a great yeah. quote from the NME, right? But what what I would say is the difference, like going from one style of music to the other is kind of relearning everything. Everything will be different. Mm. And I think that since she's doing this new for the first time, it isn't actually as good as the original stuff that she broke with. Like Because the, the first album takes years for most bands, right? Mm. Where they learn a lot of stuff. And then they're forced to put out a second album, which as most people admit, it's normally a pile of old poo because they haven't had years to work on it. They've had six months. Yeah. And and then as Sean... This was, this was a weird one for me and I think it's more of a comment on philanthropy being the new marketing for artists which is she wrote the song uh, in protest of Pussy Riot being jailed in Russia was it Russia for the LGBT right and then she starts singing the song but also crowd surfing. <laughs> she loved the crowd surf didn't she whenever she performs live can I crowd surf there is so many scenes that are a juxtaposition. So you don't understand the rejection and the pain. It's literally showing footage of it just being <laughs> carried by waves of adoring fans. And you're just like, sometimes I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but her fans adore her. And her fans are predominantly women, right? And she's incredibly empowering and inspiring to a lot of young women out there. And she even, when she she got a Brit Award, didn't she? And she said, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that the Female women... isn't a genre. Yeah, and for her doing stuff like that, that... That takes a little bit of bottle, right? And also a little bit of not understanding the game, which I think is brilliant that she didn't... She was like, no, this stuff needs to be said because it's bullshit. So, yeah, I must admit, I, as, as it went into it, this was that... On bits like that, I was like, oh, I love this woman. Absolutely love this woman. Well, from living with one of them for 10 years, I've realised that this stuff's important. Prior to that, it was very much like watching the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, going, oh, it's not going well for them. <laughs> but... But now you've got some skin in the game. It's important that women do well, right? Well, our last is explained to us like the like uh, it was very powerful to her the fact that Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel had lead female characters. Mm. Like she loves like all that kind of genre and the difference. It was really funny. Like when I went to see Wonder Woman, great movie. Um, but I, I needed to go to Lou uh, during the movie, so I went out, went to the toilet. I turned my phone on while I'm peeing at the urinal. And she had texted me, have you went for a cigarette? Full stop. Because <sighs> in her mind, because she's grew up with so much sexism from whoever. that well, men. Well, yeah, I just didn't want to name actual names of who. But uh, <laughs> I was implying <laughs> men. Um, she, yeah, so she thinks... So she thinks you're being disrespectful. Sure, she thinks of all the movies, I went and go, oh, is it the woman talking again? I'll go outside for a fag. This is nearly done. 
Well, it wasn't the case, but there's the idea that she was so sensitive that I thought I and had jaded. You'd broken her somewhere along the or society had yeah, society had broken your missus. I'll tell you what, if you've got a hairline like mine, you better learn to understand. Uh, <laughs> Which and that's the thing I liked about Kate Nash, right? Because she she tore schools. She was given music. She was given musical instruments to schools, and she was like, "Look, if you're a young girl in the music industry, you can yeah. do it. Don't listen to these people who are telling you you're crap. You're not." Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then when she gets dropped by a record label, she says, all right, sod it. I'm going to tour. I'll pay for the tour. I'll use the money I've made off of my first album. Was it uh, the Bricks album? And she goes, I'll pay right. for everything. And she, and do you know where she goes on tours? China. Now, you know the you know the first 20th century Western group who toured China, Rick? You know who they are, don't you? Was it Wham? It was Wham, Rick. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, be his name. Uh, sorry, I overspoke over you there. Carry on, go on. That's, that's, that's all right. But again, when they're talking about financial strife and things, it's got a bit from booking of it. If you're selling out arenas in China, there's there's got to be some cash flow coming in. No, but she says, and this was the shocking thing, it's more expensive to tour. And then the record label picked up you know the, the the cost of that because it's it costs you more money to tour than the actual tour makes and then well, you, ma- you make not... the money back from the the revenue the record sales but just to play devil's advocate on that do you think that's more of a reason why she got dropped from the rep- record label than they didn't like her new sound i think probably because she wasn't selling records right it's a business it's called show business yeah and if you're not if you're not put it's about listen I think for most of the documentaries we've looked at, how many times have I said it's a bums on seats business? She's mm. in another bums on seats business, but this time it's it's CD. Well, back then it was CD sales, whereas now it's it's on it's streaming, isn't it? It's all yeah, and it it all comes kind of full circle for her. I just found that amazing that she's in that much strife. When if you can sell out in China, that means and Europe. She yeah, she didn't just sell out in China. She sold out the bird's nest. Did you see the size of that stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely massive. I mean, unless they got like the currency exchange wrong, I don't understand how you're set for a good couple of years off the back of that. What she said this right? So when she's playing the bird's nest in China, one of her lyrics: uh, "You can spend your whole life getting down on one thing. You can waste all your time on one idea. But what you're gonna do, baby, when it all caves in?" And I kind of thought. I reckon me and Rick can relate to that right now. <laughs> but um, so playing in China, and again, this is this is a weird. Pe- every every scene where she's not going somewhere, she's sat cross-legged somewhere weird. She's an artist, Rick. That's what artists she do. Strikes me as the person where if she's in the passenger seat of a car, she'll put her feet on the dashboard. That's because what she's artists free. do, Rick. Uh, she's, well, she, especially to do it. No, she, well, she. It's the second mention, actually, because um, I thought it was made up. But it's the second mention on this podcast of Lollapalooza. It's a music festival. Because mm-hmm. when we were talking about the Kurt Cobain one, he was also playing Lollapalooza. I, I genuinely thought that was made up by the Simpsons because of the Simpsons episode where they, where Homer goes on tour with. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it, exactly. Oh, who does Cypress Hill. It's Cypress, Cypress Hill, but who does he go on to? He goes on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins, doesn't he? Um, and he's, ski, he's skiing off the back of the coach with two pots as skis. Because <laughs> he, he was basically the guy they fired the cannon at. And he would take That's a cannonball the in the stomach. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So Lollapalooza is a real thing. I didn't know. The that. only the only reason I knew it was is because there was a wrestling company that did a Wrestlepalooza in that. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. There that, you go. That's, that's, so this is how most of my knowledge comes. The Simpsons and wrestling is basically anything that goes within that orb. I have. Yeah, I've Simpsons. Got a bit. Yeah, Simpsons for me taught me everything. So she's not making any money. A, a record company have dropped her. So she decides to do what a lot of people do when they've they're in a bit of a hardship. She just relocates. If I to go somewhere else, LA. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll love me there. Um, so she moves to America. She tries to find a new record label. She rescues. Now, here you must have fallen in love with her, Rick, because she goes and rescues a rescue dog. Yeah. Come on, you've rescued a rescue dog. You're, you're one of the biggest no, humanitarians no, 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 no. I know. No, no, it wasn't. He acts like a dog that was abused in the past, but no, he was a puppy we bought and he just turned out to be mental. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> oh, you've made him mental. So he's, gonna no, be, no, he, he's a future, he's a rescue dog in the making, is what you're saying. Oh, well, <laughs> the, there's a whole bunch of what, because it's a beagle. And we lived in a downstairs flat with like, you know, eight people upstairs and houses all around. And what we didn't Google is beagles are the loudest breed of dog you can possibly get. Wow. Loudest. Um, I wish one Google would have got that. Different different <laughs> six years, different hairline I would have right now. So when this dog kicked off, it was very hard not to cave in and give him whatever he because Because you couldn't be getting asbos. He couldn't be left at home alone because he'd be waking people up. And there's a million things. We'll go into it. We'll, well go into it. There'll be a dog. Be- Beagles are also we'll, the we'll most trusting of dogs. Right? So they're yeah, more no. trusting than any other dog, which is why they're used for animal product testing. Because <laughs> if you can test it again on a big one. They're like, you're not going to hurt me this time, are you, Mr. Scientist? Okay. Go on, give me another puff of that cigarette. No. <laughs> that's, that's so upsetting for so many reasons. But, but then um... she, she rescues this dog and the dog's name, best name going that you could ever name a dog. Stella. Oh yeah, yeah, Stella from uh, Elaine from Seinfeld doing uh, Marlon Brando. Stella, come on, you must have liked her when she brings the dog into the mix. No, because again, there's a Bill Burbert that I subscribe to. Like she says, I rescued a dog. No, you didn't. You got a free dog. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't rescue it and pick it up on the street. You went down to the pound. You got a free dog. <laughs> God, and that's the way I kind of see like with a with a rescue and things. But so you see her in LA restarting. The, yeah. like, she's got she's got no money. She's moved to Los Angeles. Well, she's got a little bit of money, right? She's she's not proper skint yet. And then she's sat in a trolley, cross-legged, yep. while her drummer pushes around and they yep. buy a TV for the garden. So again, financial management for this person is very hard to, you know. And she she gets a new manager when she goes to America, right? Gary, the new manager, yes. Gary. And uh, her and Gary are getting along great. So he manages the whole China thing. He He's going to look after her. It's going absolutely superb. And she's genuinely... She seems quite happy. Um, she goes and does a, a a music showcase, but she's not actually getting anywhere, is she? She's doing all of this work. She she's even she signed a publishing deal, didn't she, to write music for adverts and other people? But she's not actually making headway. Well, when you see uh, this was a little uh, 
mask slip moment, I would call it. Do you know when she goes and does that gig and she's she's talking on the bed and she's uh, cross-legged, obviously, and she <laughs> says, uh, it's just weird that being who I am to go and do, was it MGN or something? Yeah, the CMJ, gig was yeah, yeah, the music C- Good To go and do CMJ and it's like, oh my God, is, is Kate Nash doing that? And that's weird that I'm doing that, but whatever, I'm going to get signed. And then when she's coming away, she's driving in the car and obviously there's frustration, but um, I've been around some, I had to do a, a show with some Instagram influencers. Right. And there was very much this light and shade between the camera being off and on with one or two of them. Uh, and it was like, doing that gig did fucking nothing for my career. And it's like, that is <laughs> She does the slip attitude. into the artist, yeah. The, the, yeah, that is the, the attitude artist. of someone who, again, didn't have to go hustle, break their teeth on the road and learn the heartbreak and rejection and went, which everyone has to do, but she was successful before having to do it. Yeah, I think. she just so I'm got not it in a different her. order. No, no, she got, yeah. she, she had a lucky break, right? And she, um, but, but that whole did fucking nothing for me. And then you hear that and you go, that's not the that's attitude. That's the London anger. Yeah. And then if you say that, I'd be like, so you, you, you know, I don't, I don't want to quiet that down because she's very angry. And I assume some horrible things did happen to her on this. And then it gets really horrible, right? So basically her accountant phones her up and says, yeah, your credit card, you've spent more in the last two months uh, than you have in your entire career. And she's yep. like, you what? I've been in London. What are you on about? I was doing some work in London. Turns out Gary, her new manager, stole her credit card and has used it to pay for his wedding. What yep. a piece of shit. Um, and it's heartbreaking when she's talking about it because the betrayal, you can see it on her face, right? It's it's just really upsetting. Mm. And, you know, when she's like, her manager is a thief. He's meant to be representing her, looking after her interests, taking 12%. Can I take a step back just one one point quickly? So when, the way she introduces what happened with Gary, and again, this is more my my disdain for social media and talking to your fans like their family and thanks, guys. She, she turns the camera on and she's in tears. She goes, I just had some really bad news but I'll tell you tomorrow and <laughs> puts it down. Oh, no. No, I don't like... Leave it on a cliffhanger. Leave people wanting more. Come Wait on. A minute. That was beautiful. That's great can, TV. Can, can I do that take again and I'll put a tear in my eye? Thanks. All right, yeah. I, I just... It's inauthentic. It's just the, the whole... Listen, it's really bad though. Really sad, but I'll tell you tomorrow when words went round and people are waiting for me to say this. But it is horrible. The manager, Nick the Money, paying for the card... And then she's just lying on the kitchen floor. Yeah, she's uh, her friend. The, the drummer's one. filming her, isn't she? The drummer's cool as fuck. Big oh, fan. Oh yeah, of the, drummer. the drummer's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes through, and then that kind of goes off into the background uh, while she's trying to create a new sound with yeah. a, a lot of guys of long beards, and uh, I yes. imagine. Yeah, yeah. And and they get frustrated because apparently she doesn't understand the concept of time. Oh no, she says that. Well, I've got a few friends like that, and that they are incredibly frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, no, no, no. That's why I, I hate I, being late. I was late today, and it winds me up. I know, I know, you're really relaxed about it, but I was so embarrassed I was late. It just it drives me nuts. And when she says I don't get the concept of time, I was like, oh come on, there's people relying on you. It's, ah, it just it broke. Me. I wish, I wish comedy was a, a level of art form you could pull that kind of bullshit with. <laughs> like if you're. <laughs> 
Listen, I was just in the in the garden, just like thinking of dick jokes, and like time got away from me. You can't, you can't put me in a box like this, man. I'm an artist. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do an act out. I can't be turning up to this meeting on time. Like I don't know. Doors open at seven. Show starts at half seven. You better be yeah. there for seven. If if you're not there, I'm going to whistle, and thirty thousand other people are going to apply to do this gig for yeah. free. Okay, so that's your options. I didn't like the quote where it says, uh, you know, in, in this business, you've got to put 100, 110% into it. Again, coming back to The Simpsons, the baseball episode, you, you can't give more than 100%. It's not possible. But then I found out you can because there's 150% proof vodka. So, you know, what do The Simpsons know? At this point in the documentary, it seems like Kate is really struggling. She's unraveling, like you- right? Yeah, the, yeah. the the stress is visible, yeah. and then you you do start to get on her side. Like not that you're ever particularly against her, it's just more. Hmm. It, it's seeing a, a fall or a realization, and um, you know a little bit of the bitterness coming in there of, of things. Oh, and then being screwed over by the manager. Well, then she's recording a pop record. She's like, okay, I've got to report a, record a pop record. I got interested in that bit because, like, as I've mentioned to you, my dream job is now no longer to be a comedian. It is to write jokes <laughs> for, for other, other comedians. comedians. Yes. Oh, God, yes. See, I thought you got into that bit because as it cuts from her recording that record, it cuts to some of the guy's little trinkets on his shelf. And there's a little tiny plastic Hulk Hogan sitting there. Now, I'm not an autistic child. I'm not like, he likes wrestling. I like him too. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, Rick would like that. There's a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> because the money thing really kicks in, right? Because then she has to start selling all of her clothes. Um, she gets a job in a comic book shop, uh, basically punting stuff out online. Like, oh, uh, I like got the shopping this is, channel. This is where my intrigue for, because again, I watch a documentary for entertainment. I want to see right. the best. I want to see the worst. When they started doing the manager stole the money, I'm like, oh, bit of a scandal might have some stuff. Yep. And then when she's, first off, where she sold her clothes, I'll tell you what, you could have got way more selling it to perverts online. All right. Yeah, you she sell, gets like $247. You're right. She could have. for a bin bag. And she, you're like, yes. sell Sell your socks, you daft mate. You would have got thousands. <laughs> There's a lot of weirdo men out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she filed a lawsuit against her third man uh, against her manager. Um, I, I hope she went to his wedding as well, seeing as she paid for it. It would be good. Does anyone here have any problems why these people can't get married? Yeah, I fucking do. He owes me a ton of money. I paid for this place. She says, right again. This is another great quote. I've been I've been putting things out of me for two years with no return it's heartbreaking you can see the pain on her face and she's unraveling it's just distressing because basically the money's gone so she can't Mm. carry on being creative she can't do the thing that as she says she was put on the earth to do you know which is music she cannot be creative anymore and it's it's killing her was it two years because her brain doesn't really have a concept of time time. (laughs) it could have been four yeah um and then, yeah, so the, the job in the comic book store, I was like, I am so hopeful now. Because whoever, like, that is just... Kate, from being where she was to doing that, let's just hope this pulls up by kicks. I don't know what happens to her. I, I honestly did not know how this was going to end. Because so, I have uh, no idea what happened to her, right? Like I said, she was there in 2007 when my life unraveled. I've not seen or heard from her since. Yeah, and as I, I prefix this at the start, um, I am 
choosing my words carefully. It's more about how the documentary is made and shown as opposed to a personal slight on that because he's super talented. And I'll get to uh, another thing on that in a second. But there's a thing going, I'll just sleep in the dog bed. And then they got a shot of her getting in the the dog dog bed. Oh, that was sweet, wasn't it? No, that was (laughs) manufactured, Matt. It wasn't was manufactured. Do you know was, what, Rick? You're cynical. You are. There was a so sofa cynical. in the background, <laughs> but the dog couldn't have fitted on the sofa. And there's a camera guy filming it. You're just cynical, Rick. Anyway, I'm just so- cynical. Yeah. I got <laughs> oh, play one of my sad songs now. Pretend I have to sleep with the dog that's going so badly in my LA apartment. Like, well, and and here she is. So she's got a problem, like she did in England, and but now she's in LA, and she's got a problem. So she decided to do what people with problems do. Go back home. Go back home. Yeah, right. So she goes back home to England. Um, and yeah, she'd done a lot of charity projects around music in the English schools early on in her career, which she funded herself, which might be one of the reasons she's poor. Um, she wanted to go to drama school. She was rejected by every single drama school. And then she sends in an audition. And here's, here you must have gone, oh, I like this girl. She sends in an audition tape to be an actress on the TV show Glow, which is glorious I literally ladies jumped up of and went, wrestlers. I knew I recognised her. And let me tell you, she was awesome in that. Oh, we have watched you that seen whole, I haven't seen I've it. I've seen all, seen all the episodes, yeah. Like, I mean, I last watched it. And she was absolutely brilliant in that role. Like, spot on. With no point. Because I was like, I recognise her from something. And I thought, when she was saying she was going for the witch audition, I thought, did she get into uh, a show called American Horror Story? They had a season called Coven, where it was uh, about witches. I was like, did she get that? Is that what I'm recognising her from? But no, she was in Glow. And yeah, she she played the part absolutely brilliantly. Really good. Absolutely fantastic fantastic actress. Because that changed my 180 to her, me kind of nitpicking little things that might mean she's a little bit shitty and bitter to being like, no, no, shit, she's... She's like, a genuine I've, I've, artist. I've, right? I've, yeah. I've enjoyed... I've enjoyed what what she was doing, uh, but you did skip over something that the mother says, and I would love them to clarify, because she says she funded all this stuff, and the mum says funded it as a tax break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we all do gift aid, Rick. Come on, that's, that was, uh... that. I am your tax. <laughs> I am your tax. And again. Uh, so so it co- comes to the point. Uh, so the glow, I thought she was absolutely awesome in that. Yeah, she got the part in uh, glow, which is great, right? Because that that just because you know it is when you when you're on the when you're on the skids and you're like oh I'm crap I'm rubbish and then someone goes no actually you're not you're good we're going to pay you every week to come to work she was like you're going to do what oh wow thanks man yeah and um then it comes to the court case which is where I'm going to complain about the doc BBC man baby how many documentaries have you seen where they have footage of a court case, or at least pictures of it, and then they have like the they court have statements the read drawing. out. Yeah, yeah. Artist drawing, mm. anything, and it was just no. It was just her on a stage and uh, yeah. cross-legged talking about it. And <laughs> she was cross-legged as well. Because <laughs> he said to her, he wanted her to sign a piece of paper saying she'd never talk about it, and she was like, "No." That. Blew my mind. The, I'm going to pray to the the goddesses in the sky that you know I win this case, and she won the case. He paid her back. My course I did with at uni was conjoined with a drama course, and I can completely imagine them trying to riff something magical off the top of the head like that, and say that it was a powerful moment, and they did this for this. But it blew my mind that if you're suing someone or getting your money back, like taking someone to court for stealing that money from you. 
and they can then put an agreement in saying you can't yeah, I, NDA, I might not pay you yeah, agreement, yeah. an NDA, but when they're in the wrong. Yeah. Like I <laughs> like I don't understand They're not calling the okay, shots here. I'll go to jail, but only if you won't talk about it. Do you know what I mean? That just astounds me. And especially again, all the shit you hear about the entertainment industry, all the me too, the speaking out movement. How many NDAs are kicking around that mm. could start a war? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just like that's that's a rich guy privilege right there to be able to to do that. And she said no. Yeah, and fair obviously play didn't have to a, like, like, she's so empowered. It sounds like he wrote that on a raffle ticket. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it goes, just a scrap of paper going, you can't talk about this. It's like, is this legit? <laughs> it's a back of a Benson and Edge's fag packet. Shut it. <laughs> and then, so she doesn't sign the NDA and then he agrees to the terms. Yeah. I assume because he was going to be found guilty. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the leg this guy had to stand on. Nor do I. I don't understand how he did the NDA. How did he not go to jail? He was a yeah. thief. Well, I think I think that by the by the fact I think they were settling. Right, if I okay. know my knowledge of like court documentaries and stuff, I think that would mean he was settling and they're arguing out the terms of agreement within that. Yeah, okay. So that so, he didn't have to go to trial. So she uh, took the very empowered move to she would not be silenced. Yeah. And then even with that doesn't mention how much it was. Never again. Because <laughs> we're like, how much? How much? Come on, tell us how much. Cause just give us a figure or some stat that you've been screwed over by. And then she goes... A wed- uh, well, a wedding in the UK costs 20 grand. And I'm guessing for an LA manager, that was probably five times that, right? So I thought it was around the hundred to $200,000 mark. Oh, Roughly. Brutal, I'd, isn't it? That's a ton of money, right? That's a chunk of change. That, that'd keep this podcast going for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And and then she goes on to um, it's the Kickstarter, Kickstarter is what she goes yeah, with. And she only wants seventy grand, doesn't she? And she <laughs> gets one hundred fifty thousand pounds from her fans. That, that triggered me that, a little bit. I got to be honest. Of um, just sitting, if you think of all the causes out there, and, and then you just sit in your living room with a tiara asking for money. So fair play, Kit Nash. Good fans. Good fans. She's got that. She's got good people around her. But th- that was an interesting thing that it costs 150 grand to make an album. Mm. Well, it cost her 150 grand because initially she only wanted seven. Well, See, you've got the highest sorry. 17 autistic guys of flesh tunnels and beards to listen to uh, yeah. sing the songs. And I got to be honest, with all the best will in the world, the early stuff was beautiful. Like absolutely spell, but the new stuff. Have you ever seen? It was an early episode of Family Guy. I believe it would have been season two when yes. they go through the apocalypse, right? Yeah, and they show Randy Newman doing the Disney songs. Yeah, yeah. Who just sings what he says? He's like he's taking a bite of the apple. Yes. He chews it for a while, <laughs> and it's like a punk rock version of that. You know what I mean? Like, I liked her punk rock stuff. Uh, the early, I like the early stuff she was doing. If if I still um. I've made this note now on my notes, though, about Kate Nash. I've just put this. I think this is one of the loveliest things I've ever written. I like this human. That's it. That's all I've written. Yeah. That's one of the creepiest things I've ever heard. I really liked her. She she was driven, passionate. That is the walk equivalent of saying nice tits. (laughs) No, I really liked her, man. She was just... She was cool. She was driven... um, and I bet I'm she... ro- I got to be honest, I'm rooting for her. I honestly am. And I honestly think um, there's a lot more acting work 
to come. There will be another. There's two seasons of Glow. I imagine there's going to be a third. Yeah, she got and the second the, season of Glow. So uh, no, no, she did the second season. Yeah, but yeah, I she think got there's going to yeah, be yeah. a third because the second season was successful. Oh, okay. Um, um, well, was she toured again? Um, so I got goosebumps at the end. Right? I'm a big goosebumps fan, um, and I wasn't getting goosebumps throughout most of it, apart from when she swore. Um, but yeah, I got goosebumps at the end. So when it done the sort of summary. And I didn't like, I don't like Marvel do this. You have to watch the credits to get to an end piece of the puzzle at the end of the movie. Just oh, was tell me after at, the credits? Yeah, tell me at the end of the movie and then run the credits. This is how much credits have become worthless. Even Netflix have introduced the thing, skip credits, right? So you can just jump to, that's how much they love the people who do all of the work on this great stuff. Skip the credits button. Um, who gives a fuck anyway? Like, but I but they do if they work on it, right? Because that could get you laid, maybe. You know, you you meet someone. Oh, look, I I was the cameraman on this. Look, there you go. But yeah, so she toured again. She was working on a musical with the people who made Hamilton. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, which which as we all know was based on the book by Ron Chernow, named Alexander Hamilton. Very good book. Oh, uh, obviously, we all know that. Um, um, and mate, I was just thinking, maybe all books should be turned into successful musicals just to make them more palatable for people who don't like books. Oh, Sense and Sensibility, the musical, Wuthering Heights. <laughs> Come on, let's get it all out there. The Bible, the musical. Come on, we get sixty-hour musical. What the I'm Bible sure that, musical? Yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus, Joseph oh, Technicolor. Yeah, there you Dream go. Court. Well, they, they that's have, just one story. I want the whole, and it runs for 60 hours. It's like a Ken Dodd gig. You don't know when it's going to end. Take sandwiches and a flask. I know, but like, unfortunately, since I've watched wrestling from an early age, I can't watch musicals. Because, I mean, they're all right, but at no point is, you know, Stu Hart going to come down and start stretching people <laughs> that you don't expect them to. <laughs> Turn them back the clock. I love a musical, man. I'm all about the musicals. <laughs> La, have you not seen La La Land? Oh, God, no, no. I do, I do, what are you cringing your face for there? Shut up. Right, anyway, let's... Uh, and then her drummer, it cuts to her drummer. So just as we're coming to the end of the, the documentary, and it's it's basically, it's given all the stuff she's done during the credits. So I have to sit through the bloody credits. Um, so yeah, she got the second season of, of Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Um, and then it cuts to her drummer, which was weird to have in the credits, right? And her drummer says, yeah, I can't go on tour with her. Because I've broken my mouth. How do oh, you I didn't break, see that. How do you break your mouth? And she's a drummer. She doesn't need her mouth, does she? I, I don't know. But yeah. And then it finished. And this is why I love the, just the ending. And the little piece at the end. The little Marvel sort of reveal at the end. Was just a shot of Stella. Uh, just running about. It was just a shot of the dog. Which makes me happy. That's... Yeah, so so you're a fan of Kate Nash, is what I'm. I, I'm rooting for through. Kate Nash to do well. Me too, actually. Yeah, and, I really, I, I really liked her. I, I'm rooting for us to do a minimal amount of BBC produced documentaries. That's good to know because this was, I think, this was one of the Storyville yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, and there's about twenty or thirty on on there on the iPlayer, so I'll I'll stay away from them. Oh, there's one, there's one or two uh, ones that I'd like like you to check, but uh, yeah, just again, it's just the aesthetics of it. The, there was no big reveals. There was no grandiose information. It was literally like you know, bless Kate, just seeing someone just close to breakdown, close to giving up from the looks of it. Yeah. And she didn't. And fair play. When, when, she, when she gets that job, it's a great quote from her. She says, it's fucking amazing to have a job and get paid every week. 
Fair play to you, Kate. So yeah, Kate Nash out of out of five. Rick, let's get your score, my friend. Oh, mine's a one point five. I thought you liked her. I'm rooting for her, not the documentary. Like, oh, I, okay. I, right. Like you see, like a lot of my, me and my mates, we will watch a lot of docu. Like we will recommend each other documentary. We'll talk about football, and if we've seen a banger of a documentary, we'll recommend it. I would be removed from groups of WhatsApp groups if I recommended this as a fun watch that's right. worth checking out. Okay. And did you what you watched it with your missus? I watched it with the missus, yeah. And what what do you reckon your missus would give it then? Oh, she said she liked Kate Nash. Yeah, but what would she give the document? Did she like the documentary? Because you she, like she Kate Nash. She 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 doesn't get to give a score. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because my missus kept popping in and going, are you liking her again yet? And I was like, yeah, I like her. So I yeah, think, she's, I think my she's changed her hair colour. Matt's been triggered at the positivity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she changed her hair colour every shot. So I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, a London girl who changes her hair colour. What's not to like? Um, so, yeah, uh, for me... Mine's a 1.5. What's just, yours? Because I, 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 I did find bits of it a little bit painful. But again, really, really loved Kate Nash just as an artist. I'm probably going to listen to some of her stuff um on Spotify. Mm, yeah, I would check so, out the brick album and stuff. I would I would yeah, say yeah. that it's well worth it. Um so I'm going to give this a 3. A 3? Yeah, which Very is quite that's quite low for me for someone who I, you know, like. Yeah. I was with you on the documentary. I was like I could just let's put a bit it more felt entertainment. claustrophobic at all times. Yeah. Very claustrophobic. Yeah, but I'm glad she made it out the other side. And I'd like to see the sort of I'd like to see the next 10 years of how she got on. That would be interesting. And if she takes a camera everywhere, That'll probably happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rick, thank you very much, sir. Um, thank yeah, you very been a much. Pleasure for, as always, guys. Uh, thank you very much for you joining us. Uh, we have more episodes coming up. Um, it's weird that we keep finding um, musicians and the wrestling links is, is was very strange throughout that whole documentary. So, uh, yeah, if you've got some suggestions that don't involve wrestling and singers, um, just ping them over on our Facebook page, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us at discussingdocumentaries at gmail.com. And we normally respond within 72 hours. (laughs) Conversely, if you have seen a wrestling documentary, you think that I might not have also send that as a recommendation. Um, And join us again next time on Discussing Documentaries. Cheerio. All right, guys. Bye. Brilliant.